everyone. This is Adam Bergman, founder and CEO of Irie Financial. Welcome to another episode of AdBits, where I will be sharing bits of knowledge about self-directed retirement. If you want to learn more, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on social media. Just search IRA Financial. Welcome everyone to another episode of AdBits. This is Adam Bergman, IRA Financial. Really excited about today's podcast. We're going to dive into self-directed IRA investments. And we're going to talk about all the amazing types of investments you can do with a self-directed IRA. And obviously the investment side is pretty much the primary reason people set up self-directed IRAs is they want to get more control. They want investment diversification. They want to invest in assets they know and trust. So that is the primary catalyst why self-directed IRAs are so popular with retirement investors. So let's just back up for a second. And before I dive into today's topic, just want to remind everyone that this is a new podcast. So uh, please subscribe, give it a five-star rating on uh, Apple if you can. It's really helpful. Also check out Ad Mail, which is a new type of podcast that goes through three of the most popular or actually three of the best questions that I receive from clients from prior weeks. So I think you'll get a lot out of that podcast. Um, if you're interested in self-directed retirement topics and want to become a better self-directed investor, more knowledgeable, I think it's a really amazing podcast. So check that out. Also, Adam Talks, obviously, is just a, uh, I think, a really interesting podcast, of course, because it really tackles different types of retirement topics. Uh, for example, I did a recent one on the mega backdoor Roth 401k, really, I think, the best Roth tax strategy that is not really widely known. So um, just did another one on you know, Biden's tax policies and what that means for your retirement account. So really dive into different types of topics involving uh, the retirement world. So definitely check those out. Let's jump right into self-directed investments. So obviously, that's why millions of Americans use their retirement money to get into a self-directed IRA is they want more control. So the IRS, all the way back to 1973, with the creation of ERISA and the creation of Internal Revenue Code Section 4975 and 408, have allowed your IRA to invest into alternative asset investments. Yes, I know it's hard to believe, but it's true. Um, and I've written about this in some of the books I, I've written that you know, I was a tax lawyer. I, I went to law school. I did a master's in tax law, tax law for nine years before I ever heard of a self-directed IRA. I always thought that IRAs, 401ks, you have to invest in public stocks or ETFs or mutual funds or treasuries, bonds. I had no idea that you can actually buy real estate or do alternative asset investments with an IRA. And I know I really only learned about it because in my ninth year as a tax associate in New York City, I got an assignment to help a very major hedge fund partner look into how to use his IRA to invest into a hedge fund uh, he was involved in. And it was you know, a huge firm, almost a thousand attorneys based out of San Francisco. And 
I kind of asked my mentor, asked some my colleagues in New York and San Francisco, even in DC, hey, have you ever heard of this thing? This, this was back in you know, 08, 09, and no one ever did. And people were like, nah, I had no idea, never heard about this stuff, never took any law courses. There wasn't a lot of things on the internet back in 08, 09 on this stuff. Uh, there was hardly any tax treatises on it because it's really just two primary sections in the code that address investments in a retirement account. So I started digging around and initially when I got the assignment, basically thought there was no way that you were able to do this. Um, so that got me looking and digging around and then I under started looking at 4975, 408M, started learning about the rules and actually after a couple of days of research, was really intrigued by this whole industry and just thought how cool it is that you could get more control over your retirement money, you can invest in alternative assets, you can invest in assets you know. Not everyone trusts Wall Street, not everyone understands why the stock market goes up and down, especially in this COVID pandemic, right? Almost every conversation I have with my friends is, you know, why is the market up? It doesn't make sense. The economy's in shambles, you know, 8.5% unemployment. How is the market up? doesn't make sense. So I'm not the only one that doesn't understand how the market works. Um, millions of Americans don't and, and seemingly don't trust it. So there's a huge universe of people that would be interested in a self-directed IRA. The issue is education. No one teaches you about what you can do with your retirement account. Big banks, big financial institutions are not interested in teaching you that. Why? Because they make money when you buy their products, their stocks, their ETFs, their mutual funds, when you invest your cash with them. That's how they make money. They don't make money when you take your IRA and buy real estate or invest in your friend's business. That's not helpful for them, so they're not going to let you do that, and they're not going to educate you about the opportunity to do that. So that's why myself and millions of Americans uh, have not had the opportunity to learn about self-directed IRAs. I got lucky, I kind of just bumped into it by way of getting the assignment that was basically put on my desk and had to research it. Um, and I hear stories like that all the time from clients. Hey, I was talking to my friend on the golf course or spoke to my dentist, my doctor, my son, daughter. Um, there's thousands of different scenarios and I couldn't believe when I heard that I can use my IRA to buy the house next door or the piece of land in my neighborhood or invest in my friend's business or buy Bitcoin even. And oh my God, this is so incredible. Thank you so much for letting me do this. And it's a really nice feeling to have people thank you um, to do business with them. But you know that's kind of how people feel when they understand and learn about these rules. So that's why you probably haven't heard about a self-directed IRA. Don't feel bad, you're not alone. It took me 10 years as a tax lawyer with a master's in taxation, working at you know, some of the largest law firms in the world to actually learn about it myself. So don't feel bad. Number two, obviously the big banks, financial institutions are not interested in advertising about the benefits. So there's about 50 plus million IRAs in the United States in 2020, about $10 trillion in IRAs. Our institutional um, industry um, organization, we estimate approximately two to 4% of all IRAs are self-directed. Should be closer to 10%. That's just an education lag. Okay, and that's what we're working on as an industry to get more people educated about this. 
We do not make money on investments, and we're going to get into investments in a, in a minute. Our industry makes money on administration. We try to unlock investment opportunities for people. We're not fiduciaries. We do not give investment advice. Your IRA custodian will not give you investment advice. All we will do is facilitate your self-directed investments. And that is the reason it's called a self-directed IRA is because you're in control, 100% control as to what you can do. The IRS only has three things you cannot do. And they're listed in Internal Revenue Code sections 408 and 4975. 408 talks about two particular categories of investments. Life insurance are not allowed in IRA accounts. They are allowed in 401ks, so long as your plan documents allow for it. And then collectibles, which basically are defined as art, um, antiques, baseball cards, stamps. There's a special carve-out for precious metals, pure gold, silver, palladium, bullion, American Eagle, state-minted, and bullion coins. Bullion coins mean of a certain finesse, generally 0.99% pure. So you basically can't buy commemorative coins, um, you know, or, or, or those types of things you see on TV, but you can, see, you can buy real pure bullion or, or coins. The idea is those coins have more of a ascertainable uh, value than something that's commemorative or a baseball cord or, or stamp. So other, those are the two types of prohibited categories of transactions under 408M as in Michael. One other thing I should mention, and I've, I've done a separate podcast and a bunch of videos and blogs on this, but if you're going to buy Irish approved bullion coins and uh, bars, make sure you hold them in the physical possession of a US bank or depository. Do not hold them in your house or in your pocket. Hold them in a bank or depository. If you want to be somewhat aggressive and push the envelope, if you have an IRA LLC or a solo 401k, some clients take the position that you can hold those uh, investments in a safe deposit box at a bank, since that technically satisfies the definition of physical possession, which is what the tax code says under 408M. It doesn't say possession, it says physical possession. Although there's no guidance on that, so just be a little bit careful. It's much more um, safe, and I suggest you hold those assets at a safe, at a depository or a, a bank's. But most, most probably, um, a safe deposit box is um, probably not the norm. Go with a depository that is uh, what is suggested. That's what our industry suggests. And that's the safest. They're, they're um, insured and it's secure. So those are the two categories. Now let's go into 4975, which is the big, broad, and, and largest section that deals with uh, prohibited types of transactions. 4975C is in Charlie. It doesn't describe each prohibited type of investment, right? It just gives basically six types of rules that you can't violate, okay? And 4975C basically in sum says, and if you follow this rule, you'll be okay. You cannot do anything with your IRA that in any way directly or indirectly personally benefits you or a disqualified person. And the disqualified person is your IRA, you and your lineal descendants, parents, children, spouse, daughter-in-law, son-in-law, as well as any entities you, you control, uh, own 50% or more, okay? Now, there are um, case law and other IRS guidance that says even if you own less than 50% of an entity or trust, you can still trigger the prohibitive transaction rules 
if the IRA is shown to make an investment that is not exclusively benefiting the IRA and there is a percentage of benefit being derived by the IRA holder or a disqualified person. I'll get into some examples. But basically, you can't buy a house and live in it. You can't send money to yourself or a lineal descendant or a company you own. You can't provide services to the IRA investment, uh, such as being the realtor on an investment uh, owned by the IRA. Uh, basically, you need to make an IRA investment for the exclusive 100% benefit for the IRA. Okay, So you buy Apple stock. Clearly, if Apple goes up, it's benefiting your IRA, right? You're not a dollar richer. Adam Bergman is not a dollar richer if Apple goes up or the piece of property I buy goes up in my IRA or Bitcoin goes up or the private business I invest in or the hedge fund or the private equity fund. I only personally benefit when I take a distribution. So that's the, the important, important distinction between a personal benefit and IRA benefit. Yeah, people say, Adam, it doesn't make sense. If Apple goes up in my IRA, I'm benefiting. Indirectly, I'm richer. Yes, but the dollar's not in your pocket. The dollar's in Apple that is owned by your IRA. So if you want to sell the Apple stock, it goes to your IRA. It doesn't go to you personally. And that is an important distinction. So bottom line, when you do an IRA investment, you need to make sure the investment is done 100% to benefit the IRA and not to personally benefit you. So let's take you know some complicated uh, scenarios. You... Um, have a job opportunity with a small business, but the owner says, hey, Adam, you can have the job, but you need to invest 40 grand in the business. Um, and I say, well, I don't have any money, but I do have an IRA. And the owner says, okay, just invest your IRA in my business. That potentially could be a conflict of interest. Even if I don't own any of the business personally, I'm not an executive. However, because the IRS could argue that that IRA investment is being done, not 100% to exclusively benefit the IRA, but potentially to benefit me personally, i.e. to secure a job, that could be a prohibited transaction. Same with if you own 20% of a business, business needs money, take your IRA, lend the business money. Now the IRS could argue that loan is not done to exclusively benefit the IRA, but it's done to help your personal investment in that business that maybe could be in some peril um, and trouble if that loan didn't happen. So that's the analysis you need to think about when deciding you know, whether you're going to do an investment. Now, again, the IRS under 4975 doesn't say what you can do, only what you cannot. So what can you do? What self-directed IRA investments you can do? Okay. The answer is anything that doesn't violate 408 and 4975. So it doesn't make sense to start listing investments because 10 years ago, I wouldn't have listed Bitcoin or Ethereum or any cryptocurrency because that didn't exist 10 years ago. And in 10 years in the future, there'll be new investment classes that I can't mention today and that the tax code can't refer to um, because it hasn't happened yet. So instead of having to update the tax code for every new investment, the IRS was smart and basically just said, we're just going to say what you can't do. Okay. So as long as your investment doesn't violate 408 or 4975, you can do it. And again, the most popular investments are generally real estate. I'd say 70% plus of our clients are doing some form of real estate, whether it's actually owning a house, an interest in a real estate venture, owning a commercial property, a REIT, doing a hard money loan as, a, as to a real estate developer, um, lending someone money to buy real estate. Um, it's generally a real estate type fund, vacation home, Airbnb, 
Real estate is a popular investment. Why? Because it's a hard asset, good hedge against inflation, good plan diversification. Real estate is pretty mainstream now, right? 30 years ago, when I was in school, most of the kids in my class, their dads were not involved in real estate, right? They were whatever, accountants, lawyers, salespeople, doctors. Now I see my kids' class, half the class, half the dads, they're some involved in real estate in some way, whether they're agents, brokers, developers, investors, flippers, real estate is mainstream. So people just feel comfortable with real estate. Um, they go online, they like looking at Zillow, they like checking out places, they like seeing opportunities, they love Airbnb, opportunity to get appreciation on an asset and also some good cash flow, tax deferred into your IRA is a popular um, investment um, decision. So real estate's number one. Uh, I'd say number two are investment funds, whether it's private equity, hedge fund, venture capital. The idea is you're investing into this fund where there's huge upside. You have these really super smart managers that are gonna have these really interesting and sophisticated investment strategies, and hopefully they will perform uh, and beat the market, and you will obviously have all those benefits go into your IRA. Third, I'd say is hard money loans, whether you're lending it to an individual non-disqualified person, a real estate developer, a business, um, those are popular investments because you, you can get you know, pretty solid interest uh, on those loans, you know, up to anywhere from 6, 8, 10, 12, 14%, which in a low interest environment in the COVID pandemic world is very attractive. Um, then I would say private business investments where you're investing in non-publicly traded Businesses, you know, friends, family, um, colleagues, um, startups generally, where you want to hit a home run, right? You, it's a startup, it could be the next Facebook, the next Airbnb, the next YouTube, and you're taking a chance. Or it can just be a business you believe in, whether it's a wine store or a hairdresser or a, some type of manufacturing business, it doesn't matter. You just can't be involved and can't have disqualified people that are running the business and personally involved in a large scale capacity. Then I would say precious metals, Bitcoin, other cryptocurrencies are popular. Um, precious metals, people feel safe with it. Um, we've seen the price of gold and silver uh, go up considerably in the COVID pandemic. Same with Bitcoin. There's been a, a very uh, stable and um, you know, steady rise in cryptocurrencies over the last six months. So people have found those assets to be uh, attractive. Um, and again, then there's all kinds of all, uh, of crazy other stuff you hear about where people are um, you know, buying airplanes, leasing them out. I mean, I've, I've been doing this 10 plus years. Oh, I've gotten crazy investment stuff going on. Uh, investments in Zimbabwe, uh, real estate in Lebanon, um, Iraqi dinars. Um, what else have I, all kinds of crazy stuff. And again, the analysis, as long as it doesn't violate 408 and 4975, you can do it. Right, I've had, I had a guy call me yesterday saying he wants to uh, buy and sell cars. So I said, well, be careful. Antique cars are not allowed. They're collectibles. If you're buying new uh, Teslas and selling them, okay. But, but you can trigger what's called unrelated business taxable income, which is the last thing I want to talk about. UBTI, unrelated business taxable income, is kind of a penalty tax that's imposed on an IRA when they invest in an active trader business like a restaurant, okay, that's operated through an LLC or a pass-through entity. So if you buy Apple stock or Google or Tesla, those are C-Corps, right? 99.9% .9 of all public companies are C-Corps. So the C-Corp blocks the UBIT from traveling to the IRA, meaning the C-Corp has its own tax uh, 
regime, it pays 21% on the profits, and then the IRA gets a tax-free dividend. An LLC, there's no corporate tax. There's no entity-level tax at the federal level. So that's when this UBTI tax kicks in, which can go up as, 30, as high as 37% if you have approximately 18,000 plus of income. So that's just something to keep in mind. Yes, you potentially could do the investment and it won't violate 408 or 4975, but you also need to be aware of UBTI. And I've written tons of stuff on for Forbes, on IRA financial blogs, tons of videos, podcasts on UBTI. It's an ugly little four letter word that could really change the tax dynamics of an investment. It can turn a really, really tax friendly investment into something that's not very tax friendly. So you gotta be super cautious and aware of UBTI. In the alternative asset world, it kicks in. It doesn't kick in if you're buying mutual funds or ETFs or stocks. You're not gonna deal with UBTI. But if you're investing in private equity, hedge funds, anything that will invest in a pass-through business or involves leverage, okay? Whereas you invest in a hedge fund and there, there's a leverage. If you invest in a real estate fund and there's leverage. Leverage means loan, okay? You, obviously, you can't personally guarantee the loan because that would trigger 4975, just like you can't get a credit card with your IRA. Debit card works. But if you're investing in a real estate fund or a venture capital fund, even though as a limited partner, they're not gonna let, make you personally guarantee the debt, the fact that that fund has debt can trigger the UBTI tax, which again, could impose a 37% tax on that income. And I'll do a separate podcast, a separate um, episode on UBTI. Uh, I've done them and I'll do another um, because it's very, very important to understand these rules. And I, nothing really bothers me more when I talk to someone and probably it's de- always, always, never a client of IRA Financial because all our clients understand these rules. We make sure they understand it before they get started. But I get people calling me saying, hey, I saw your video, I saw your podcast. I have used this other custodian. It's been four years. I never heard of this UBTI. I invested in this fund. How do I know what to pay? How do I know where to find this UBTI? I don't know if there's even leverage. Or hey, I invested in this storage facility, or this hotel, or this other investment, which potentially could be a business, does UBTI apply? So it's a very important um, you know, analysis that needs to be performed. Um, and it should be performed before you make the investment. Because again, it could really change the, the tax uh, efficiency of the investment. So that's the last wrinkle to worry about when you're making investments. The first thing obviously is do your diligence, right? Know what you're investing in. It's your retirement money. I'm sure you work really hard for it make sure you know what you're investing in. Number two, make sure if you're investing with a third party, know that person, right? And I'm gonna do a separate podcast, an episode on fraud. There, there is fraud in IRAs. Why? There's $30 trillion of retirement money. Fraudsters look for money. And a lot of people are retirement rich and, and, not, and cash poor. So retire, IRAs are a big, um, big source of money for fraudsters. So be careful. Obviously, if you're buying a house, and it's on the market and you have a real estate lawyer and you're gonna uh, operate that house as a rental, you're not gonna worry about fraud. But if you're investing in a deal, a private business, a private fund, it's not regulated by the SEC, it's a friends and family deal, know the person operating the deal, know the promoter, Google them, okay? Do your research, ask for referrals. Um, Nothing worse than losing your money because of fraud. Once you've decided it's a good investment, Think about 408-4975. Make sure you're, it's not a collectible, life insurance, 
make sure there's no disqualified people around and you're 100% doing the IRA investment to benefit the IRA. Fourth, UBTI, make sure before you do this deal that you're not investing in a pass-through entity that operates a business, meaning your IRA is not investing in an LLC that owns a restaurant or a bar or a manufacturing consulting business, whatever, it can't be a pass-through. If it's a C-Corp owning the restaurant or the business, no problem, you're gonna be fine. And then is there leverage, right? If, are you investing in a fund that's operated through a pass-through entity like an LLC or partnership? that's gonna use leverage, whether it's a hedge fund strategy or private equity leverage or real estate that uses leverage alone to buy more real estate, that could trigger UBIT. So you need to think about that, talk to a promoter, talk to a general partner and run the numbers and make sure the investment makes sense. Otherwise you got really a world of investment opportunities. Self-directed IRAs are so great because you have control, you have more investment opportunities you have the ability to invest in what you want, what you believe in, what you trust, okay? The key again, just remember, do your research, do your diligence, make sure you know who you're investing with. Remember 408 and 4975, and of course, that four letter word, UBTI. Other than that, happy trails, enjoy your investing. Um, it's fun, it, nothing uh, excites me more than when clients call me and say, hey, I bought this, made this investment two, three years ago, I've tripled my money or doubled my money. This happens. I've seen people go from 100 to $7 million. Okay, yeah, I've seen people lose money, of course, but there's nothing better when people are able to do what they believe in. Someone who's in the real estate world personally sees great opportunities and is able to do the same with his or her IRA. It's a great feeling. Um, stocks are important. Also, don't ignore stocks or mutual funds or ETFs, but for a lot of clients and a lot of investors, it's also important to diversify and get some exposure to other asset classes like real estate and also emerging asset classes like cryptos or you know, private equity or, or other types of alternative assets. So hope you now as a self-directed IRA investor have a better understanding of the rules, know what you need to do, know what your opportunities are. And then obviously the whole idea is invest what you want, what you know, and then generate tax deferred or tax-free growth in the case of a Roth IRA. So there it is, there you have it. That's what self-directed IRAs are all about. And that, in a nutshell, is the self-directed IRA investment world. Those are the rules, those are your opportunities. Now that you have all the information and power, go get it, happy trails, and, and go invest in what you believe in. Adam Bergman, I hope you found this episode um, helpful, insightful. Again, thanks for all your support. Really appreciate it. Love putting this content out there. Check out uh, AdMail, also another great podcast, and Adam Talks. Also, um, we have a great YouTube channel. We pump out five videos a week. So go on YouTube and, and fo follow us. Subscribe to IRA Financial channel. Uh, you'll get some amazing content. And obviously, check out our podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple. Give us five stars, please. Really appreciate it. Um, stay safe, stay healthy, and I uh, look forward to talking to all of you again next week. Uh, be well. Thank you, and take care.